Chapter 43. Anti-Venom. Commences with a quote by Frederick D. Huntington. It is not scientific doubt, not atheism, not pantheism, not agnosticism, that in our day and in this land is likely to quench the light of the gospel. It is a proud, sensuous, selfish, luxurious, church-going, hollow-hearted prosperity. Growing up in the Australian bush has got to be one of the most blessed starts to life that any child can have. One of my favourite adventures was snake hunting. Few believe me, but I could actually sense from their smell when a green tree snake or carpet python was nearby. Whenever I had a moment of Steve, Crocodile, Hunter, Irwin courage, I would pick them up and play with them. My dad would often find a non-venomous snake outside and bring it back to the house for me to play with. I still remember the tense moments we used to have trying to unwrap pythons from my arm. I'd have its head clenched in my little fist, so we would use Dad's two hands and my spare hand to uncoil the frightened and very strong beastie. More than once we had to call in my mother or sister to lend a hand or two as well. My most vivid snake encounter, even more vivid than when I was bitten by a carpet python as I prepared to sneakily drape it over my sister's neck while she did her homework, (laughs) occurred on a sunny summer's afternoon when I was about 12. Some friends and I were riding our bikes when we chanced upon a green tree snake, and it was a beauty. A perfect specimen, almost six feet long, warmed by the sun, and very, very awake. I quickly jumped off my bike and gave chase. Across the road, under a bush, around some trees, and back onto the road, it was a mad scramble that had me sweating, and the snake starting to show off its blue anger scales. I knew I should have stopped right then and there, but I had an audience. The fired-up reptile shot across the road and rapidly slithered up an embankment. I was flailing on all fours, scratched and breathless, but closing in. I reached the top just in time to lurch forward and grab hold of its tail before it disappeared into thick scrub. Jumping quickly to my feet, I lifted the unhappy specimen as high as my four-foot stature allowed. It was important that my friends see my bravery and skill. But in the thrill of the chase, I'd forgotten one thing. Green tree snakes are amongst the most agile and talented climbers in the reptile world. By the time I reached my full height, It was already turning back on its six-foot self and coming straight at my face. To this day, I still have a 50-megapixel image of that snake's open jaws bearing down on my nose, its striated pink and purple muscle-lined mouth disappearing into its throaty black hole. Terrifying. Instinct kicked in about a nanosecond before impact, and I threw the snake away to the right, just in time. Lesson learned. From that day to this, I've been a bit of a wimp when it comes to picking up snakes for my boys to play with. Once bitten, twice shy indeed. Australia is known for its dangerous creatures. We've got snakes, spiders, sharks and jellyfish that can kill you with a glance. Well, almost. The Australian Venom Research Unit at the University of Melbourne is an internationally respected poison centre. Nothing makes these guys' Monday mornings happier than receiving little packages of deadly venom from all over the planet. According to their research, the world's deadliest venom comes from Australia's inland taipan, Oxyuranus microlepidotus. This little fella's venom is 23 times more deadly than a cobra's. 
And when compared to North America's deadliest snake, the eastern diamondback, our little friend's venom is 456 times more toxic. That's not a typo, 456. The bad news for Aussies is that all 10 of the snake species with the most toxic venom in the world live here. That's right, we've got all 10 of the top 10 and they don't live anywhere else on the planet. Out of the 25 most life-sucking, slithering varmints without legs, only five live outside Australia's beautiful shores. The good news, and yes, there is some, is that people are rarely bitten and that most who are don't die, thanks to a little discovery known as antivenom. Antivenom has been developed to counteract and neutralise the effects of venom. It is so effective that venomous snake handlers, while remaining careful, can maintain their subscriptions to retirement magazines if they have a few vials of antivenom in their kit. It's the perfect cure for snake bite. And yet, as deadly as our snakes are, they're not the worst ever. They can only put you in the grave. They can't keep you there. Not so for a certain serpent from 6,000 or so years ago. In Genesis 3, 1-5 we read, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan bites the blessed in countless ways. His bite causes greed, selfishness, self-sufficiency, pride, and ultimately, eternal death. Praise God that he has the perfect antivenom. A sacrifice. His sacrifice. In the few short years of his ministry, before Jesus gave the serpent its mortal wound and us the perfect antivenom, he gave us some first aid tips. Things to do when we've been bitten. <laughs> 